0: I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. And it's my favorite time of the week. I love the mini episode. You do? It's my fave.
1: That's good. I like the full length better. Really? Yeah. (laughs) I love them. I'm always like, let's get through the mini so we can get to the full.
0: I mean, it really depends, I guess, on what's in the news. Like, I've got some
1: good stuff from the news. Yeah, I I always enjoy it. It's not good stuff. Right, but it's like, Interesting stuff to talk about. Right. It's not like I, like, don't like doing the mini episode, but there's, I'm, I always get so into whatever we're talking about for the full length. Yeah. That I'm like, let's, like, do it so we can get to that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I like those too. I like them all. Okay. Okay. So we're going to stop picking favorites. Like, we should you know pick what? a favorite child. Yes, exactly. We You're totally right. Child. You're totally right. I know. But if you guys have a favorite, let us know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I think most people like the mini episodes the best. Which really? Is interesting. We've got the couple people who are like, especially the mini episodes. And I'm like, that's surprising to me because I'm like, At least for me, I feel like I don't know what I'm talking about half the time. I'm just, like, faking it till I make it. Well, don't tell them that. Um, (laughs) But I I do feel like people
0: need an easily digestible way to absorb information. Right.
1: I guess I just never thought of myself as being, like, a person who would bring the news. Like, I'm not faking it. Like, I know what I'm talking about. But, like, I feel like a fraud because I know there's people out there who probably know a lot more than I do.
0: Oh, well, yes, certainly for both of us. There are people out there who (laughs) know more. But we do a good job, okay? Thank you, Keegan. Thank you. Uh, what do you? What's on your agenda for? I this have episode? one big thing. So if you've got a couple of things, you go first.
1: I do have a couple of things. I wanted to talk about the bombing in Sri Lanka. That's probably the worst thing. So you should start with that. Okay. So, and I, this is really interesting because I have a friend, Sean from Sri Lanka. You've met Sean. right? Yes. And a lot of this took place in Colombo, which I didn't know is where he's from. Really? Yeah. And so he wrote on Facebook, like, my family's okay. Thank you, everybody, for, like, checking in with me and this whole thing, which I was like, holy shit, that's crazy. So, on Easter morning at St. Anthony's Shrine with a thousand church attendants, an explosion ripped through the church. Uh, there were a total of eight bombings on that day. 359 people lost their lives, which makes this one of the mo- one of the worst terrorist attacks since 9-11. Mm-hmm. There were 45 children killed and 500 wounded. Yeah. Like, just absolutely horrendous and horrific. I
0: think the... Um, I could have this wrong, so don't quote me entirely, but I think that the owner of ASOS, mm-hmm. the CEO...
1: Yeah. Um, I think he lost, like... Three out of his four children. Really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to have to look into that. Um, The bomb struck three luxury hotels, three churches, and two other locations, and several attacks took place in the capital of Colombo. Yeah. So here are some things that we do know. The Indian intelligence officials warned the Sri Lankan counterparts just hours before the first bomb detonated, but they failed to act there have been multiple disregarded alerts before this. Mm-hmm. So the, inter- the Indian international officials had alerted them multiple times of a possible attack and uh, it was not carried on to the proper people and the proper heads to get it um, well, under control. If, if
0: I heard correctly, this was in direct response to the um, Christchurch Christ shooting. That yeah. is
1: something that people aren't saying is 100% for mm-hmm. sure, but they have reason to believe that it could be. But yeah. um, Lawmaker, I'm going to say this really wrong, and I apologize, Raja Rajapakse, doing my best, you guys, called for the arrest of two top security officials and President... May Thripala asked two officials to ask those two officials to resign. Widasa claims that they hid the threats from the Prime minister. So that's kind of the whole thing is that there was a way to kind of prevent it or at least like lessen the know impact exactly mm-hmm. ahead of time. and those actions were not taken. Why that's they're Do they trying think to figure they were a
0: hoax. What, I don't know.
1: Were they in on it? they're like... they're trying to figure out why that was the case because they they think they know who did it. But again, it's one of those things where, like, I'm just going to keep going. There's more stuff that we'll talk about with it. So, the suicide bombers who attacked were well-educated middle-class Sri Lankans. They were nine bombers. They blew themselves up. Eight men, one woman, including the man described as the leader of this homegrown militant Islamic group. So, that's kind of what I was saying. It's like, they're not quite sure what this group is, who they kind of have an idea of who this leader is, they have an idea of who these people are, but they're not like 100% certain and all that kind of stuff. So 60 people have been arrested in connection to these attacks, and these Sri Lankan officials said the bombings may have been in in retaliation for the attacks in Christchurch, like you said. Um, What we don't know yet is that they have yet to confirm the so-called leader killed in the attack. They're thinking it was someone named Mohammed Zaharan. How these small groups pulled off such attacks, because this is like a homegrown militant group, so mm-hmm. they're kind of surprised as to like how they got away with it, and the extent in which the Islamic State or other terrorist networks assisted with these attacks, and why authorities didn't prevent the attacks in the first place. So those are all things that we are not entirely sure of yet. Um, but there's definitely, it seems like a lot of people very invested in investigating this and learning more. Um, because, you know, nine people were suicide bombers. So nine of them are gone. They want to know who these people are and what they're. Yeah, they collaborated
0: to. with someone, most likely. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: they're trying to figure out if there was someone higher up or another group or somebody helping them and assisting them
0: you know, it's, in this. It's really like sad and upsetting because. It just feels like we're gonna end up blowing each other up. Yeah, you know, like it's just gonna go back and
1: forth. Well, yeah, I mean, clearly that's not that's not the way to handle any of these situations. I truly don't believe. I mean, and that's how I felt about nine eleven too, because when I was young, I didn't really understand why we were going to war. To me, nine eleven and the and the war were one and the same. Like that was the reason why, because I had no knowledge of it when I was nine. Of course, yeah. So for me, I was like, well, why I think that was most we... people, American, most
0: Americans' understanding of that
1: situation. Yeah. So when I was young, I was like, why are we? doing the same thing to them that they did to us, like, that doesn't make any sense to me. That doesn't make anything right, you know? And that's kind of how I feel like the situation is going. Well, it's like, well, if you're going to do that, we're going to do this, and they're just going to keep going back and forth. Well, because their actions felt justified because of the thing
0: that happened to them. 100%.
1: So. And, I f- and I understand the reason that you would feel so so frustrated and want to take action in some way, and I know that there are a lot of, you know, usually mentally ill people that don't understand, like...
0: I don't even necessarily think it's people who are mentally ill, just like I don't think that, like, white or Christian terrorists are necessarily mentally ill. I think they've been radicalized by these Mm -hmm. ideas that are oftentimes rooted in religion or violent ideologies, I think. I think you can take a perfectly healthy mind and, like, do all this shit to yeah, it. Yeah, I didn't
1: mean mentally ill as in, like... Yeah, no, I know, I know me, what when you're I saying. To me, when I think mentally ill, I think of, like... Disturbed like in some way. Disturbed, yeah. 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 So, but yeah, I, think, I just think, I think it's a taking a lot of these people, vulnerable people, you know?
0: Yes, and I think a lot of people, if put in the right situation, can dissociate themselves from something awful that they're doing. Yeah. You know, and I think um, that might be the case here. Regardless... It's devastating. I've seen Absolutely some of the pictures coming out of Sri Lanka and, you know, it just... All of this, I, I'm i really feeling very sensitive right now. I think my period's going to start. Seriously. <laughs> Let it out, uh, Let it out. But all of this, like, the the stuff that we saw coming out of New Zealand and the stuff that we see coming out of Sri Lanka and all of these images that are happening constantly, it's so heartbreaking and sad and it feels hopeless because it just feels never ending yeah it's never going to stop and
1: I feel like you never become at least I never get desensitized to it no it's always terrible where it's always like it never seems like oh another one it's always this thing for me where it's just it's more frustration and sadness mixed with like other than you know being something where I'm like oh well it's just another like I think it's both for me
0: I think it's both I think it's like I think, and I think that that's part of what makes it so sad, that it's like, oh, another one. Yeah. Another one. And this is never going to stop, ever. Like, I think that that's the thing that's most distressing to me, is, like, I don't see a way when people will will stop wanting to blow each other up.
1: I mean, it's never been any other way. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you look at history, that's always been how it's been yeah. handled. Yeah. So... I don't. I don't know what it's going to change. Oh, it will never stop. Agreed. I don't think there's anything that's going to stop it entirely. I hope that it becomes less frequent. That people, you know, that we can focus on particular, you know, groups and ideologies, and you know, hope that one day it'll change at least a little bit. That's all I'm asking. It's just like a little, little bit less devastation. Less terrible. You know. Mm -hmm. Should we move on to something else? Yes.
0: So, the Mueller report was released. This week. Okay. It's highly redacted. So there's a lot of pages that, there are some pages that are almost completely black because this report launched a bunch of other investigations. Mm -hmm. So there's some things that cannot be released. But if you are interested in knowing what's in this report, this report is over 300 pages long. Mm. So most people, the average American, is not going to sit down and read There's 300 no pages and figure out what they feel about everything in this report. So if you want someone to do that for you, <laughs> Robert Evans, who's the host of Behind the Bastards, okay, one of the smartest people I've ever heard speak. Like, I yeah. love listening to his podcast because the way this person can, like... So behind the bastards, like they focus on a different person every week. Yeah, he will read full books. Yeah, and make notes on those books for his podcast. Yeah, and so he read the entire Mueller report of and made he did. notes on it. And then he paired up with the hosts of the Daily Zeitgeist, and they had. I was
1: waiting for you to say Daily Zeitgeist. Yes. I was
0: waiting. They okay. had a two and a half hour long episode. Did you listen to it? Yes. Well, most of it. I okay. didn't finish the very ending of it. But if you want to hear this thing broken down... I'm totally going to do that. Listen to them talk about it. Yeah. But it's really interesting because we had William Barr, who's the attorney general, his assessment of the Mueller report that came out a couple weeks ago that was a kind of very shiny, vanilla version of the report where... Everyone on the right, Right News Media, Fox News, the president himself. They saw it as a victory, they right? They saw it as a victory. Yeah. Because that's the way that William Barr wrote it up. Yeah. Having seen, read, and heard what I've heard about this report now, uh-huh. William Barr should go fuck himself. Because, <laughs> yes, while this report could not prove collusion under the law or like conspiracy under the law which is a very narrow scope i mean it's basically saying like they didn't have an email from trump's team to russia that said hey can you do this thing for me in return we'll give you this thing exo trump you know what i mean (laughs) like they didn't like that's kind of that's what they needed to find in order to to really get him for collusion. The
1: XO involved. Yes. Is, that's, like, a really important They needed to factor. pull that, that yeah. exact sentence exactly. out. Exactly. If the XO wasn't there, it didn't matter. It had to be hugs and kisses.
0: <laughs> so uh, they weren't able to find that, but they absolutely found, Mueller absolutely found, that Russia interfered with our election. He's Tell
1: got complete everything.
0: proof that they interfered with our 2016 election. Mm-hmm. Some of the things that Russia did... Is that they spread tons of misinformation on the internet, which is something that we knew. This whole thing about Russian bots—that stuff is true. Like they spent time here in the United States, like learning about Americans and American culture, learning the best ways that they could spin this because they wanted Trump to win. Yeah, and they said that in no uncertain terms. They did not want Hillary to win this election, so they started a lot of fake news accounts, fake me, uh, fake, fake
1: news, fake social media, which is hilarious because that's Trump like, slogan. Right. I mean,
0: literally, they were spreading fake news. I mean, and that's one of the things that Facebook came under fire for because Facebook knew that all of these (sighs) things about, like, Hillary Clinton you know pizzagate all of these things weren't true yeah and yet they were allowing it to be shared on their site as if it was real news like alongside real news Holy um and russians were behind that uh russians were behind the hashtag hillary for prison they spread that um spread that around two days after trump made the joke about russia should look into hillary's emails Uh uh-huh Russia looked into Hillary's emails. And again, there's no way to say for certain that Trump knew, like when he said that to the TV screen, that he was talking to Russia. But he very clearly knew that somebody was doing something. Yeah. We just don't know if he knew it was Russia. Like,
1: that's pretty fucking eerie.
0: They were behind the leaked DNC emails. Mm -hmm. Um, They coordinated pretty directly with. Julian Assange of WikiLeaks to leak when all that stuff came out about Hillary during the election um, that WikiLeaks released. They were behind that. And the infamous pee tape that the whole thing about, like, Trump being peed on that came out. Oh, yes. That they said that they had, they found evidence that there was an email between Michael Cohen, uh, who was Trump's personal lawyer at the time. He received a text, sorry, not an email, from a Russian businessman i can't even say his name Grigory, in october of 2016 and it said quote stopped flow of tapes from russia but not sure if there's anything else just so you know oh my gosh and these tapes were held by persons associated with the russian real estate conglomerate corcus group and they're the ones who held the 2013 miss universe pageant which is creepy
1: so creepy wait so okay Explain this to me again. When we when we say we're looking into the Russians, we're looking into, like, what would be the equivalent of, like, a Russian FBI kind of thing? Um, well, what, what Mueller was looking into, and this is
0: why... We're going to get to the second half of this in a second. But, okay. like, the reason why William Barr was able to spin this as a win is because the scope of Mueller's investigation was so narrow. He needed to prove collusion, which means that... The Trump campaign and Trump himself knowingly conspired with a foreign government okay. to fuck up our elections. Okay. Like they needed to prove that that happened. They needed a direct link, and so they. Because that to me still
1: seems pretty broad. That they would be looking into the Russian government. Like I feel like if that's a pretty broad. Well, but they need search. to
0: find a link that yeah. that Russia interfered well, with our elections. Well, and it's elections. true
1: like looking through things like emails and any sort of right. correspondence would probably narrow it down.
0: So they've proven that Russia interfered with our election. Okay. What they what they can't prove beyond like any reasonable well, I mean, to me it's reasonable, but like they can't prove a direct tie between the Trump campaign and and say and Russia and saying like you help us win and will give you this. Okay, like got they it. can't prove because I was
1: gonna say to me the correspondence between Michael Cohen and the Russian government, like well, that but it was a Russian pretty... businessman; it
0: wasn't a Russian government official. Got it. So uh, there's and there were like meetings between um, Don Trump Jr. and I think Jared Kushner and some people on the Russian side to talk about like a Trump Tower in Russia. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of talk about that, that being kind of like an exchange situation. Yeah. Um, But a lot of that stuff was redacted because it's very possible that um, Trump Jr. or Kushner could end up being indicted for something. Uh, But it should be said that when... (laughs) There's so many great quotes in in this report. One of which is that when Trump found out he was being investigated by Mueller... And you tell me if this sounds like an innocent person. When Trump found out he was being investigated by Mueller, he said things like, quote... I'm fucked. <laughs> and, quote, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me and my presidency is over. He said all of these things. Well,
1: how do we know that he said all these things?
0: Because people, Mueller interviewed a bunch of people and wrote down the things that they said.
1: Oh, shit. So, like, multiple people were saying Donald Trump yeah, said that. was. Fucked.
0: he was concerned. So then the second half of this... Man, they got of
1: threw Trump under the bus
0: there. Well, yeah, man. And I'm sure they're sweating bullets now that this report's being released oh, because yeah, they like, know fuck, that fuck, Trump fuck, fuck, knows... Fuck, yeah. yeah, that they talk some shit. Yeah. So Good while them, they couldn't get him on collusion, obstruction is another story mm-hmm. because Mueller... It's kind of hilarious because Mueller's basically like, I don't even fucking know. They all <laughs> lied to me constantly. So it's so clear that he obstructed justice, and that the people on his team obstructed justice, that they did things in their power to try and keep the investigation from going forward. Yeah. They tried to, he on multiple occasions tried to get the Mueller investigation shut down. Yeah. Told people to do it for him, all of that stuff. So there's a quote here. We determine not to make a traditional prosecutorial judgment. The Office of Legal Counsel has issued an opinion finding that the indictment or criminal prosecution of a sitting president would impermissibly undermine the capacity of the executive branch to perform its constitutionally assigned functions in violation of the constitutional separation of powers. So he's saying, I cannot find a sitting president guilty of a crime. But But. he does everything in his power to be like, listen, (laughs) I can't find him guilty of obstruction but Congress can. And maybe if Congress wants to take a look at wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. He he says that pretty consistently. Yeah. Um, where he's like, he said, it's not the special counsel's job to find him guilty of a particular crime, but that Congress should look into it, basically. He didn't say that, but he said that. Yeah. And he writes 200 pages where he's like, I can't say that he committed obstruction, but if I could, I would.
1: <laughs> it takes 200 pages. That's some Alexander Hamilton Yeah, shit. yeah. He's
0: like, listen, I really want to drive this home. He says... And I quote, if we had confidence after a thorough investigation of the facts that the president clearly did not commit obstruction of justice, we would so state. So he's saying, like, if we could say that he didn't commit obstruction, we would tell you that, but we can't say that. And he says, accordingly, while this report does not conclude that the president committed a crime, it does not exonerate him. Uh, he did things, Trump did things, and I'll wrap this up pretty quickly. Again, guys, go listen to that episode if you want two and a half hours of, like, details. For sure. Uh, Trump asked multiple people to speak to Comey on his behalf.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, which you're not supposed to do. He tried to get Jeff Sessions to stay on as Attorney General when Jeff Sessions stepped down and said things to Jeff Sessions that were like, I'm not going to ask you to do anything super shady, but I just want a fair go of it. So I really want you to be the person. Yeah,
1: for sure. Which
0: is really shady. Jeff Sessions was like, no, thank you. And Trump asked Sessions in the beginning when the Mueller report first started, the Mueller investigation, sorry, first like started ramping up steam. He asked Sessions if he could limit the council's scope to... Future presidential elections rather than the 2016 election. <laughs> he's like, look, I get where they're coming from. Just if we don't commit any crimes from here on out, yeah, just have fine. them look into that. Yeah, they don't need to look at the, the crimes we committed in the past. Yeah, that's in the past, it's already happened, which really indicates to me that he really did directly commit a crime. If yeah. he's like, do not look at yeah, this election, for not real. not just that, because a lot of people are like, he may have not directly committed crimes, or he may have not knowingly committed crimes. He may have just been complicit been or been an idiot. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's basically what I have. Again, there is so much more, but I want everyone to rest easy, knowing if you were waiting for the Mueller report to come out and then you read William Barr's summary or you saw the way that the right was responding and you were like, what the fuck? Exactly. Um, just know that no. <laughs> The Trump campaign and Trump himself do not have their hands clean. It's messy as fuck. And honestly, shame on everybody on the right for completely. I don't give a fuck. Even if you like Trump, even if you're super conservative, Russian interference got in the way of our democratic process of our presidential election. That should
1: make everybody angry. A foreign government interfered
0: with our election. That should be. I don't. It's. We're living in the upside down that that's not on the fucking front page of every newspaper. Exactly. That's insanity.
1: Yeah. But anyway, there anyway, you go. Anyway, um, there's something like really positive I want to talk about, but I do want to throw out the fact that Joe Biden is officially that in was the, race. the other
0: thing I had to talk about. Joe Biden announced his candidacy
1: today. The end. Yes, that's it. Well, there, there'll be more candidacy talk in the future. Yes. yes. But I want to at least mention that we are aware of the situation. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Acknowledge that it happened. Yes.
1: I have to, mixed feelings
0: about it. Yes.
1: Yeah. And so on and so <laughs> forth. You know who we are. Okay. So have you seen the new Netflix show Special? Is that what it's called? It's called Special. I thought you were like, the new network show Special. No. no. I have not show- seen it special I have not it's fantastic it's 15 minute long episodes it's by it's written created and starring this guy Ryan O'Connell who is a gay man with cerebral palsy and oh, was wow. a semi-autobiographical show I saw I saw it, it was trying to make me watch it Netflix I saw the ad <laughs> it for it it was trying to make me I was like the, oh. a, the AI was trying to make <laughs> me watch it yes it is amazing. He plays a guy named Ryan who is gay and has a mild case of cerebral palsy. And it kind of uh, goes into what it's like not only being a person with a disability living in a very ableist world, but also being a gay man in Los Angeles living in that world. And um, Intersections! Oh, it's fantastic. And he was very you know, he was very worried about it. He even goes on to say something like when there's only like one seat at the table and you have to be, all of the seats. Like he has to represent such a broad spectrum. The cast is very broad. It's very good. It's incredibly funny and witty. He's written for shows like, um, the MTV show awkward and for will and grace. Like he's incredibly talented he's been a writer for a really long time. And I believe, I know Jim Parsons was a part of it. I believe he was the executive producer. Awesome. And I love him. So back in 2015, Ryan O'Connell published, um, a memoir called I'm Special and Other Lies We Tell Ourselves, which details his experience as a gay man with cerebral palsy. He wrote about how when he was 20 years old, he was hit by a car and decided to start telling his friends and coworkers that his limp was a result of an accident, erasing his identity as someone who had cerebral palsy for his whole life. His character on the show also does this. That's a whole episode about how in the first five minutes, he's hit by a car, and then he starts this, like his first internship ever, and... He just says that, oh, my life... It's like a writing job for, like, a online magazine. He's like, oh, my life's not very interesting, but I did get hit by a car. And then everybody's like, oh, my gosh, that's why you're limping, or that's why oh, we're so sorry. I
0: think it's such a great indicator and comment on the way that we treat disabled people. Yeah. That you would rather... That somehow it's better to have yeah. been physically, like maimed in a car accident
1: then have a disability and I don't I wish I could tell you how it ends I really really wish I do because I don't want to spoil it for anybody Um, but watch it and it is it has a really beautiful lovely payoff that you're going to love it's 15 minutes an episode it's the easiest show to watch if you're like I have 15 minutes before I have to work in the morning Mm -hmm. turn it on The girl, I can't remember her name. The girl who plays like his friend from work in that show is amazing. I'm gonna look it up right now so I can give her credit where credit is due. Her name is Poonam Patel. Poonam Mm -hmm. Patel. She's fantastic. Uh, Jessica Hetch, who plays um, Susan in Friends. His mom. Oh, cool! Yeah, there's a lot of uh, the acting is fantastic. The story is fantastic. I highly, highly recommend. The okay, show. I'll check definitely it
0: check it out. Yeah, so. and that seems like something I can make happen because I'm always like, I'll definitely check that out. And then I have no and there's time. Like
1: Hour long episodes and they're serious. And yeah, this and, and, and I just thing. don't.
0: I just like I. I have I have to watch Game of Thrones at 10 p.m. because I've yeah. had rehearsals. So I'm like I. I have no
1: time to watch yeah. anything but 15 minutes. This is a minutes. good thing like when you're doing your makeup in the morning to have on your phone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. an easy, easy watch. It's so good. You're going to love it. I highly recommend it. It gets my stamp of approval. Yes. Check it out. It's great. Awesome. Yeah. Well, with all
0: of that being said, oh I'm God. not jumping your line. I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Spread your wings and fly, Keegan. <laughs> if you have... Any motherhood stories. This is a call for motherhood stories. (laughs) We realize we haven't been as diligent this year as we were last year about asking for them. um, But we do really want to do a motherhood episode. We've gotten a few stories. But in order to have a full length episode, we do need a few more. Um, Quite a few more. (laughs) and, And if we don't have enough stories, we probably just won't do one and we'll end up reading the motherhood stories on m- these mini-episodes or something right. like that. So if you have one you want to share, mm-hmm. please, please, please do that. You yes. can email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. Along those lines, Father uh, Father's Day will be upon us very soon, yes. as will um, Pride Month. So please send us your coming out stories and your fatherhood stories if yes. you have any that you want to share. Again, for motherhood and fatherhood stories, as well as coming out stories, we want all of it. Yes. We want the good, we want the bad, we want we want all of
1: your personal experiences because they're all true. Yeah. Um, exactly. And if you could try to have those into us by like the 5th or 6th we haven't decided a certain date yet, but that would be enough time for us before we record to be able to get all of our, all of your questions together. So right. Divvy them like, up. Yeah. Sunday the 5th at the latest Monday the 6th, I think is going to be where we're looking at here. Yeah. We can get all of your lovely stories together and give you a really great episode.
0: Yeah. And you can also uh, send us your stories or anything that you want to get to us on our Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. You can also get us on Facebook. We have a business page as well as a Facebook group. You can leave us a review on our Facebook business page as well as on Apple Podcasts. We love getting new reviews. Um, you can find us on Twitter at YAMF Podcast, YANF A-A-N-F. Podcast, Y A N F
1: Podcast and that's it although we did not say our email which I'm sure all of you know by heart oh I did oh you did I think so now I'm questioning myself I don't think I heard it well it's you go ahead I almost just said my personal email I was (laughs) like yeah it's Madigan Um, you can can email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com like I said I'm sure you all have it memorized you know what to do you guys are smart you've been with us for long enough so thank you guys so much for listening to this week's mini episode we really appreciate you guys listening to us